Um, you know, which is why I was saying the thing about that for a man, he gets turned on seeing that the woman is so excited because I think in, in part he sees it as, a, you know, a factor of look what I was able to do, right. you know, to, to get her so excited and everything. Right. So, um, you know, I, I totally agree with you that a lot of it is uh, the way we think about it. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman joins us to discuss a new study looking at whether or not sexual enjoyment translates to a happy marriage. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, Karen uh, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life, and she is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, today, we are going to talk about uh, gender, sex, and marital happiness. And what this really comes from is a study, of course, uh, that was recently published in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships uh, by the University of Wisconsin psychologists Cherie Blumenstock and Lauren Papp, who recruited 43 sexually active couples to examine the association between momentary sexual enjoyment and relationship satisfaction. So, um, the women reported whether they were using a hormonal contraceptive, then three times a day for the next 10 days, each member of the couple responded to a brief survey on their smartphone. Specifically, they were asked whether they'd had sex since the last survey. They also indicated their level of enjoyment and whether a condom had been used. And finally, they rated their current level of relationship satisfaction. The results drum roll, the, <laughs> the woman's level of relationship satisfaction predicted both her own and her partner's, her male partner's degree of momentary sexual enjoyment. First question, do these results surprise you, Karen? No, not at all. Um, because if she's happy, if, um, if she's happy in her relationship, then she's going to be more responsive sexually. And if she's more re responsive sexually, then um, that's going to be a turn on to the guy. Um, number one, just because, I mean, let's not talk about sex for a moment. If you're in a conversation and you're having a good conversation and the person seems interested and involved, that's going to make you feel good and make you want to be more involved in the conversation as well. So just at that level alone, as far as the mutual interaction, um, you're going to have the same kind of result. In addition, I think that um, 
men probably feel really good when they see that their partner is enjoying sex because um, it makes them feel as if they have been successful sexually that they've turned their partner on. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that, you know, we often say that for a woman, um, sex, let's say you're having sex at night, sex really starts in the morning with a guy complimenting her or telling her how much he cares about her or whatever. So if she's happy in the relationship, that is going to trickle down to um, the physical intimacy. Mm, okay. Um I, I sent you an article uh, that appeared in Psychology Today, uh, mm-hmm. and I think <laughs> I think the headline kind of sums it up: ha- "Happy Wife, Happy Life." Yes, yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but your breakdown and explanation, I think, uh, provides the the reasoning why that makes sense in this, particularly in this scenario. So the interesting part, uh, or you know, I. Maybe it's not that interesting, but <laughs> uh, is that the man's relationship satisfaction had no association with mm-hmm. either partner's reported level of momentary sexual enjoyment. So why do you think that is? I, I don't want the men listening to this podcast to shoot me. <laughs> I think my experience, and I've been doing this for over 30 years, is that generally a woman has a much better pulse on what's really going on in the relationship than a man does. And so a man basically feels that, you know, if everything's going okay, there's no arguments, uh, there's no major tiffs going on, um, they're going along, you know, pretty much day-to-day okay, he's satisfied. That's enough. Um and it's, it's interesting because um, years ago when I was writing articles, um, I remember I wrote one that said, um, if your wife is not complaining about anything, I don't remember exactly how I phrased it, but don't think that everything's okay. Because very often, um, if she's not saying anything, it's because internally she's upset. But I do think that many men feel that if she's not complaining, well, then everything must be okay. So his relationship satisfaction um, is much less, um, uh, there, there are many less parameters for being happy. As long as everything's going okay, he's okay. Right. And it's not going to uh, influence him as much. Right. Uh, or her, for that matter, it seems. Right. Right. I mean, right. Well, when you say not influence her as much, you mean sexually or in the relationship? Just, uh, I mean, based on the study, it was talking about uh, sexual enjoyment and his sexual satisfaction didn't really have any impact on her sexual satisfaction. Right. Whereas Correct. her sexual satisfaction uh, did have an impact on his. Yes. Yes. And I, I just yes. wanted to, yeah. And so I just wanted to follow up too about one of the things that you just said about um, the complaining part, which I think you wrote way back, way back when. Um, and I and it's, it really stuck with me, which was when uh, a wife is complaining, uh, it's because she cares and she's putting in effort. Mm-hmm. And when she shuts down and stops complaining and and just doesn't say anything, it's really because she's given up. That's correct. Boy, you have a good memory. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. Um, Because at least when she's complaining, 
um, she still has an investment in the relationship and she's upset. But when a woman stops complaining, it's basically because she has tried to voice her uh, concerns and her upsets and feels that she's gotten nowhere. And so she just shuts down. And so many men mistakenly take that as, well, she's not complaining, so everything's okay. But quite the contrary, that if she's not complaining, it usually, in my experience, has been that that is a sign that things are really in trouble. Mm -hmm. And you often hear uh, people talk about, you know, this relationship was done a long time ago. And this is this is really what they're talking about, is they mm -hmm. gave up a long time ago. They just hadn't mm -hmm. taken the action to separate kind of a thing. That's correct. That's correct. They're just sort of going along, right. you know, for various reasons, right. you know, financial or it's hard to make change or the children certainly, uh, but they're just sort of tolerating it. Yeah. Um, and so we just mentioned it, that uh, a man doesn't really need to be happy in the relationship to enjoy the sex so long as his wife is happy. Um, does that seem right? And I'm guessing this wouldn't be a prescribed solution for a sour relationship that, you know, just make your wife happy and you'll be okay. Um, I, I do think that when a woman is happy, um, there are lots of benefits to it. Um, she's going to be more giving. She's going to be more, um, available. She's not, she's going to be more understanding. Uh, so I think that, um, you know, it, it sounds sort of simplistic, but again, the title of the article is a happy wife is a happy mm -hmm. life. Um, but the truth of the matter is it's, it's really not that simplistic because you know, you don't make your wife happy just by buying her presents every day. Um, it's in hearing her and understanding her needs, in validating her, um, in uh, caring about what's important to her. And when a woman really feels understood and heard, then she's happy. And I do believe that um, what she will give back from that experience will be just exponentially so much mm. larger. Um, so do I think that that's a solution for a sour relationship? Yeah, I do. I really mm. do. But I think that, you know, like make your wife happy, but I think it is, um, much more involved than, as I said, just, you know, uh, tell her, oh, you look pretty today as you're looking in the other direction right. or, you know, buying her a box of candy or something. I think there's a, um, a, a real need to um, be involved, to be a partner, to uh, understand. And I'm not saying being a lackey. I'm not saying just um, go to her every whim and just try to please her as far as, you know, all her demands. Um, I think that the concept of partnering um, is something that is very desired by most women, and I think that a lot of men don't get that. And it's useful to think in terms of teamwork. You know, if, if men get into sports a lot, mm -hmm. and if you think in terms of, well, you know, we're functioning as a team, we don't really have success unless we all work together and understand each other's signals and communicate in some way, then we're not going to make it as a team. And sometimes when I've used that analogy with guys, they get that much more easily. Mm -hmm. I like that. And so if I put my 
my business hat on, this sounds like the ROI on making the wife mm. happy is very mm-hmm. high compared to mm-hmm. other particular uh, other factors that might be in play. Yes, I think that that's a good way to put it. Um, okay, so one of the things, and I brought this up at the top about uh, the first question that women were asked was about their uh, whether or not they're using hormonal contraceptive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, the researchers found that the use of a hormon- hormonal contraceptive uh, led to a decrease in momentary sexual enjoyment for the woman who used it. And this, um, as the previous results indicated, this also led to a decrease in the enjoyment for men. Um, mm-hmm. So would you expect anything different that, like, I mean, I don't know. Is that surprising to you that the contraception well, no, being because, used affected the, well, the enjoyment? Okay, so... We know that hormones can really play havoc with your mood and right. being tired and things like that. So if that is the the result that it has for the woman and she's not available or she's just not in the mood or she's hesitant or, you know, any one of those negative kinds of states, then she's not going to really be truly into the physical intimacy and really either wanting to do it or when she's involved, not really being as active and, and really enjoying it. And so then, you know, the man is not going to enjoy it as much either. Because again, going back to the first question, part of his enjoyment is coming from how much she's enjoying it. So if she's not, I mean, he might get sexual pleasure, the the sex, you know, the actual biological pleasure might be there, but I don't think that the overall um, experiential feeling mm-hmm. is going to be the same. Right. Um, and so one of the things that, I, you know, the hormonal part really makes a lot of sense to me, um, mm-hmm. which which I guess makes this second this this last piece um makes a lot of sense as well. So while you might think that condom use would have the same impact or at least bring the man's enjoyment down, the results indicated that condom use had no effect on their momentary sexual enjoyment. Um, so is this really all going back to the hormones? And then therefore, uh, since the hormones weren't out of whack, everything else seemed to be just the way it, it usually is? Well, what the what the article said was that um, the use of the condom tended to be more in the beginning of the relationship, and that as the couple got more committed to each other, they then switched over to the hormonal use of contraception, and that in the beginning there is such a strong, they didn't use this, I'm going to use this word, lust or desire or motivation for sex with each Mm -hmm. other, that that motivation sort of superseded Mm. the um, ill (laughs) effects of the condom, of of it not, you know, feeling quite as pleasurable. Um, So uh, I think that that made sense to me. I think the other thing is that, okay, so now you get more involved in the relationship and you don't use the condom. You switch over to the hormonal type of contraception. And so now you have um, the ill effects of the use of the hormonal product. But in addition, which they did not say in the article, you're not 
in that mm-hmm. very strong sexual period right in the beginning of the relationship you're now a little bit more used to each other you um can sort of I don't want to say take each other for granted, but there's not as much of that mystique and that, you know, being driven and, oh, I can't wait to see you. You know, it's almost like we've often spoken about a relationship in the beginning. You pay so much attention to it and then it just sort of fades away because that initial honeymoon phase is gone. And I think although they'd have to do research on this, mm-hmm. that there may be a little bit of that um, getting used to each other so that that excitement isn't mm. there. And that's why perhaps um, that factor is also um, impacting um, not having as much of the satisfaction that you did in the beginning. Right. Um, I, I just want to make it, uh, explicit to what you're saying, um, because we have talked about this in the past, that when you're talking about that honeymoon period and the excitement and the lust, we know that the, the hormones and the chemicals flowing through the body are cranked up really high. Mm-hmm. It's not just mm-hmm. things are exciting because they're exciting. It's because we have chemical biological reactions right. going on inside of us that is making that happen. And, and that's not to suggest that as time goes on, that goes away and things are worse because we also know that the bonding hormones also crank up as time goes on and that has their own set of benefits uh, down the road. Um, but I think that's a really interesting uh, and clever observation on your part about the the timing of the usage of the contraceptives and how that has impacted the relationship. Yeah. And, and again, you know, that's, it's one person's opinion and they would, you know, in any study that's done, there's always some loose ends that they say we have to look further. You know, one of the things that maybe I missed it, Steve, I didn't see the age group of these people. Did Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice the age group. Um, I would have to it might be in there, but also to your to the point that you were just talking about, this is also a very small sample size. It's only 43, yes. 43 couples, right. which makes it, uh, you know, 80, I don't think it was 43. Wasn't it 23? No, it's 40. I, I, I have written down in my notes. 43. Yes, you said you have 43. You're right. Yeah. Um, okay. But still 43 is small. Right. And if these are people who are in their early twenties, you're going to get a different result than if these were people who were, let's say in their mid forties, right? Because you're peaking sexually in your twenties. And so you might get a whole different result with a different age group. Yeah. And I also wonder if what comes from the age group too is like you have socioeconomic status and, and health and a lot of other factors that could weigh in on this, uh, Mm -hmm. that, you know, the, all these things weigh on your mind. And we also know that the mind is one of the greatest sexual organs you have. So (laughs) yes, absolutely. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, you know, which is why I was saying the thing about that for a man, he gets turned on seeing that the woman is so excited because I think in, in part he sees it as you know, a factor of look what I was able to do, you know, to, to get her so excited and everything. Right. So, um, you know, I, I totally agree with you that a lot of it is uh, the way we think about it. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, that is all the questions I have for you on this uh, study. But did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, just I just felt, you know, that we have to be aware of the limitations right. of this study, both in its size and in, you know, what the demographics of the particular participants were. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and I'm glad you that, that you did. So, uh, cool. We will wrap it up then. Um, so with that, I will thank you very much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure and look forward to doing this again in a week. Okay, Steve, take care and thank you. Thank you. And before we go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can also find this info at our website, hitchedmag.com, along with uh, thousands of articles, hundreds of podcasts, a newsletter, and more. So hopefully you check that out. Again, hitchedmag.com. And until next time, that's going to do it for us this week. Take care, everybody. We're on top of the world tonight. We're on top of the world tonight. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? We're on top of the world tonight.